Hey guys, so yeah, jumping in <laughs> the Sebastian Ever Since's yeah. podcast. Podcast that myself and Sebastian here do just as a placeholder while we're working on our beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just something Belgian feel- monk beer. Belgian monk beer, exactly. I actually found out, um, my girlfriend told me when I was watching the episode that like it's true there's like Belgian monks that brew beer. Oh, I, I would have assumed it came from some and, place and of research. they don't charge for it. Oh, um, and if people do force money upon them for it, um, they will just use that money to make more of it. Oh, right, right, yeah. that's nice. Gee, I, I, I like that so as like a, a culture beer thing. So if you're ever looking to get actually slashed, but you're a bit low on funds, go to a monastery. Yeah, go to Belgium, go to a monk. Monastery. Might not be allowed to talk, which would break away some of the fun, but you can still get drunk, mm-hmm. drunk as hell. Sometimes talking can distract the drinking, so I'd recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it feels kind of off though. I feel like I usually don't sack the podcast as immediately talking about the episode we're reviewing does that feel kind of weird to you i don't know well yeah you usually start with like some annoying joke <laughs> like, oh, you always start with just to set the record straight <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i i think i'm past i don't want to do those silly things anymore i'm i've grown as a man yeah. in the past week i don't really want it to be like comedy anymore i'd rather just be quite serious right down <laughs> the as we're talking about one of the biggest comedy shows in yeah. the world um, yeah, but I mean, just before we jump into it, just have a little conversation. I was going to ask you before the podcast, but I'm just going to ask you now anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, like, you know, we do podcasts together a lot. And, you know, it's always a great pleasure to do with you, but I was thinking maybe, like, sometime if you're interested, like, just two of us, maybe, like, go for a drink? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, just two of us, like, none of the rest of our friend group. Just no? you and me? Yeah, just a little drink. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, on me, of course. At dinner, oh, if you want. You're going to. Oh, really? Why? Really like you as a friend, just wanted to hang out, get to know you better. Oh, if you're paying, then yeah, sure. All right, there you go, it's fine, guys, great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've had a donut. I decided though. to zigzag things a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sebastian, another classic Simpsons donut. You seemed happier with that one, it was more sprinkles for you. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, the last one just. There was I purposely like picked the one that had the most eight sprinkles. sprinkles on it. <laughs> what the hell? Eight sprinkles. I want to see that on TripAdvisor or something, or whatever people go to to review food places. Oh, yeah, Ace Sprinkles are bloody peaked out. That's terrible. That's highway robbery. That's like a pound sprinkle. <laughs> anyway, yeah, jumping into the episode. So we're today we're reviewing Girl is Just Shauna Have Fun. It is the oh, 19th episode. episode. No, I'm joking. Well, no. I, I obviously wouldn't fall for that because you were just talking about the Belgian ale. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> there is always a little fear, though, that we accidentally watched the wrong episode. But then you don't want to be like, did you watch the right episode? I always like, tri- uh, yeah, I don't want to be rude. Yeah, I always like triple check that I'm, that I'm right. I'm watching the right one. But yeah, it is the 19th episode of the 33rd season. And yeah, let's jump in. So we open up in music class. They're playing a horrible rendition of Mary Had a Little Lamb. And uh, Largo, the music teacher, is singing along to it being like, Mary's rolling in her grave. I'd like to join her there. Skinner en- enters in informing them that the Springfield High... <laughs> Uh, saxophonist I just smiled when he entered I was like <sighs> oh great you always know it's yeah. going to be a great moment when Christmas Skinner comes in he's <laughs> just such funny. a great character I mean he, I told you before he's my favourite character outside the family like so mm-hmm. like, oh it's a spot in my heart from always and like. as well which is, oh like, yeah who has so much to do in this episode which we'll get into but, yeah I love Chalmers but, yeah he enters in informing him that the Springfield High saxophonist involved in the marching band uh, got injured injured his middle toe while doing a high step during overtime and then Millhouse just goes, that's footwork suicide. 
As, and uh, he says this, this message comes from the head of the marching band. And Largo goes, oh, did he get his head stuck, his swollen head stuck in the air horn? And Scary's like, uh, there's no mention of that here. <laughs> Lisa's asked to take over the saxophone position. And she's obviously honored. And Principal Skinner's like, pack your sax, Lisa. You're moving up to high school. Three days a week after school. Otherwise, you're still in second grade. And then cut to Marge dropping off the Springfield High. Nice little thing I liked about this is... This is the high school that Marriage and Homer went to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is our first time ever seeing it in, like, the present day. Like, okay. That was a small little cool thing I like. You, you never... Cause it wouldn't make any sense to because, obviously, Bart and Lisa are 8 and 10 and Maggie's a baby. You yeah. never see the high school. So I, I thought it was cool. Uh, so the, 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 she goes in and... Um, there's a little sign that says... Uh, of the high school that just says, Oh, you're wearing that? And she says she's thrilled to join a group that actually appreciates real music. Teenagers! <laughs> she enters into the class and the teacher introduces Lisa as uh, being a student from Springfield Elementary and he coughs just going, <clears throat> Largo's class. It's like the little consistency of like the two of them had this little rivalry with each other. She then takes out sheet music and we see that they're doing uh, the theme from Hawaii Five-0. Iconic. And one of the students is like, oh, our, our teacher's really cool. Instead of 100-year-old music, we do 50-year-old uh, music. And then Shauna enters in late. So Shauna, the character who's only been kind of popping up in recent seasons. Uh, so for people who don't maybe don't know her, she's kind of been put in as like a female uh, counterpart for the bullies. And it's was brought in later on that she's Chalmers' daughter. And there's a bit to her already, but we get a lot to her as a character. Which makes sense, because she's like... It just makes sense for him to have a daughter who's a bit rebellious. Yeah, of course, because he's a superintendent. Like, he runs the entire school system around yeah. Springfield. So he's obviously really studious and smart and cares about school rules. So it makes perfect sense that he would have a rebellious daughter who is the exact opposite. But yeah, she enters in late and uh, the teacher's like, I'm going to call you James Corden because you're a late, late show. Which is a funny joke, but it was like, she wasn't that late. Yeah. She wasn't late enough to ward... Calling her out for being late. She came in like a couple of seconds after Lisa. <laughs> Still, I, I, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, they, they didn't have enough time to, you know, it's not, it's not like they just want to be there for five minutes. I mean, I Which, hated that joke. Really? I thought it was funny. Did <laughs> you hate James Corden? I do dislike him. <laughs> He's getting such a. I personally think, and I know I'm not I know this is a different opinion. Uh, too much of a bad rip at the moment. Like, he was on Hot Ones recently. I clicked into the comments. I thought it was a good episode of Hot Ones. I clicked into the comments and everything is like, wow, Sean Evans is such an amazing interviewer and even he could make this man likeable and stuff like that. <laughs> and I commented, because so many people were making comments about, you know, the big famous restaurant thing. Yeah, it's not relevant to the video. No, not at all. So many people were commenting about that. So I commented being like, this is true. Like he's spoken about this on his talk show. I was like, do we all know that his wife has a severe allergy and that they... The restaurant apparently sent out a dish three times with that item in it. Mm-hmm. That that is apparently what what happened, which you know the guy in the restaurant left out. So I commented that, and I got loads of comments being like, "Oh, nice try," middle finger emoji, and stuff like that. One guy being like, "You work for Late Late Show," and <laughs> comments like I that. Wish. Huh? I wish. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll fucking <laughs> I'll take that in a heartbeat. I, I could take over hosting duties when he's I mean, done. Even if he's an asshole, I'd still work for the late. Of course show. I would. Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> I, was, I, I saw that clip with Patrick Stewart the other day. Really. Awkward. Oh my god! If you like the Jonas Brothers, cover your belly. But I did think 
that Patrick Stewart was being a bit out of order. I think so too. Um, I think I still love him, but yeah, I, think I love being... Patrick Stewart. But yeah, a lot of these situations like that, that's another example of like yo him being a complete dickhead. It's like. I don't think I don't think he's fully in the right. Don't get me wrong, but he's also it's not not just him being in the wrong there. You know what I mean? I think it's the same with the rest of the situation. Oh my god! I know he's not a great guy, but I don't think he's irredeemable. What did really piss me off though mm. is I saw he just stole Ricky Gervais's joke. Oh my god, that was That's embarrassing! Ridiculous. That was embarrassing. He's a very popular joke as well. For sure. Again, I don't think that's him. I think a writer hundred yeah. percent stole the joke, but. I mean, like when you show the two cuts of it, like it's the exact He's same show. Like, embarrassing. Yeah. You know, your face hates him, so I'm sure he was rolling his eyes at Literally, it. Literally, the writer could have just been like, "Okay, well, let me take out guitar lessons and put something else in there." The phrase it a little differently, at least. As well. Exactly, at least phrase it a little differently. Nothing, absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, so they they start playing the music. It, it, it sounds really good, and you know, it's comparison to, to we we heard him doing Mary Had a Little Lamb earlier, and it was terrible. Probably these are more advanced musicians, and Sean is drumming, and it's really really good. And they obviously they obviously they hired a real drummer for this episode because the, the drumming in this is absolutely fantastic. And uh, they stop as the teacher is struggling to get the rights to Hello Stranger. He he goes off on the phone looking furious, and Lisa leans over to Sean and is like, great drumming. She's like, oh, wow. Uh, Rando likes my music. I'm so honoured. And she's scrolling through her phone. She's like, TikTok is dumb. Uh, one, did you notice what she was watching on TikTok? No. Small little thing, but I loved it. She was watching Ryan Hughes. Okay. The Weekends character in yeah, yeah. a couple episodes ago. This, that, that little continuity that, that were in this yeah, world, you know. Universe, yeah. yeah, exactly. I really liked that. We then cut to the house and we see that the family are all struggling to eat hard shell tacos. Mm-hmm. So again, it was a comeback to that guy as That's well. It, yeah. I liked it. Like it, it wasn't in your face. It was just you could see that all of them were like trying to get their mouths around it. Like, like, what I was going to say. She's still is, getting um, it. This the third Lisa episode in a row. Uh, it, I think I think the last one was more of a Barrett episode, but yeah, we did have a Lisa subplot, so yeah. that's true. Like, it, it was still heavily Lisa. And then it's a lot of Lisa Sound music. of Being Gums was yeah, Lisa. A lot of Lisa music stuff. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, we've had two episodes very recently. They were both literally about Lisa and her saxophone. That's a really good point, yeah. I didn't think about that, but... Which is, is good. A lot of Lisa this season in general, yeah. They focus a lot on Lisa's being a nerd. Being a being genius, smart, yeah. So. But the music thing never really gets... Can get pushed too aside much. quite often, yeah. That's true, yeah. It's nice to see... Even though the first ever it. bit you ever see of Lisa ever is, is in her playing the opening credit, uh, the opening the saxophone of the Simpsons. in, in okay, the music saxophone, class. Yeah. yeah, the music class we really never see. No, not other really. than the title sequence, we see it very rarely. Like Mr. Lagro, I think, is a fun character that they haven't done a whole I lot. What they were going to on this episode? Really? I yeah. Feeling because it, it sort of opened with him. They give him a little bit more yeah. to do. Yeah, he's a funny character. I like I'm him. Sure so they sassy. Were at some point. Yeah, they'll they'll get there for sure. But uh, we didn't cut to the house. We see, the, yeah, they're all struggling to eat, eat the tacos. And Homer, very relatable, was like struggling to get the sauce out of the glass bottle. And Lisa talks about like what a joy it was to play with real musicians, but she wishes that Shona like wouldn't waste her talent. And Homer goes, "See, Lisa's so smart. She she must get it from me." And he like lo- looks his eyes into the sauce while still shaking. It goes into his eye. It's hot sauce. He starts screaming. And Lisa realizes she left her sheet music. So she leaves to go get it. Then Homer puts salad dressing on his eye and it cools it, cools it down. It calms him down. So disgusting. <laughs> but brilliant. Uh, she then goes into the music class. It's, it's late at night and she sees Shauna stay behind to practice. And she's like, I knew you were passionate. And she's like, Shauna? Oh, yeah, I, I'm Shauna. 
I'm Shauna. It's like her catchphrase. That's that's what the joke was yeah. there. Lisa says that she would be willing to. Oh, sorry. Shauna says she would be willing to stab herself in the eye if we put an end to this conversation. And Lisa's like, fine, but I'm not afraid to admit that music means something to me. And she walks away like, you're Shauna. And Shauna grabs her and she's like, I'm sorry if I was mean back there, weirdo. I was like, okay, I'm not sure how to take that. And she invites her to her house to jam. And Lisa's like, oh, what's your address? All right, stalker. It's like, ah. It cuts her going to. Going to the house, uh, Chalmers answers the door. He's like, oh, welcome, Lisa Simpson. How was your day? Shona immediately interrupts and is like, stop interrogating people, you fascist. And takes her away. They go up to her room. And uh, Lisa's like, you're... Wow, you're really rude to your dad. Thanks. That's actually the reason I got into drums. To drive him crazy. But then I... Turns out I really like playing music. It takes the suck out of things. It does take the suck out of things. <gasps> I just said a light swear. I feel like you could relate to that. It was a nice little bit. Yeah, Music takes the suck out of it. And I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're feeling your most glum, and sometimes when you're feeling your most happy, music helps yeah, you kind of... the mood. Yeah, adds to the mood and kind of helps you always had cope this, with that um, emotion. This thing of like, why do you want to listen to sad music when you're sad? Because it's, it's like the fucking comforting. Best. Yeah. It's comforting when you're sad because it's like... Why would I want to listen to fucking, like, ABBA when I'm really sad? Exactly, of course I'm not going to. I'm not going to listen to the Black Eyed Peas when I'm yeah. feeling really you depressed. You sad music because it coincides with your mood and it comforts you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or oh, your grandfather died. Oh, give me a second. I got a feeling. You know, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't really make any sense, does it? Yeah, of course, you want to listen to something that kind of shows how you're feeling in the moment. Although I will say, like, I'm, I'm not a firm believer of like, having a favourite song that always changes but if i had to pick you know, that whole thing of like oh you can only listen to one song for the rest of your life if i had to pick one song it would be parade by kevin morby i love the song so much but it's one of those i mean a very rare song for me in that i could listen to that song when i'm really happy and really sad right you know what i mean it, it just somehow conveys it helps those two emotions in a weird way it's such a beautiful song if anyone listening hasn't seen it there's there's a recommendation Parade by Kevin Morby. I mean, his whole his whole discography is fantastic as well. A beautiful musician. But oh yeah, and again, another small little continuity thing is there's a Quilby poster in Shauna's room, which I loved. Quilby, Benedict Cumberbatch's. I saw that. Morrissey yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of little things like that throughout. It was, just, it was really just good, like with the Harry Shell tacos and Orion mm-hmm. on her phone. So just nice little continuity. I liked it. Just it, we're still in the same world, you know, building this universe very nicely. I guess Chalmers then comes in being like dinner's ready and Sean's like oh we're we're getting our food at the mall and he's like oh but I've been hand stirring Yoki all day and he's like stop touching my food you freak <laughs> and they run away we didn't cut to Chalmers in his garage Homer comes in and sees that he's uh he's brewing beer he, t- he tells Lisa that he wants uh that, that, she, that she went to the mall with his little bundle of joy but he says it's like kind of resentful and he's like tell me Homer did you like beer and Homer's like, hmm, I never thought about it. He takes out a can of Duff and downs it. Easy gag, but I, I, I still like it. He, he's, uh, he tells him that he brews his own Belgian ale. And he's like, ah, it's just a stupid little hobby. And Homer's like, well, that's for sure. I get my beer from a bar. And he's like, yes, I'm sure you do. it. I'm sure you do. Here, try it. He has a taste. And is immediately blown away. And it cuts like a painting, like that, that famous Raphael painting. I forget the name of it. It's like the Transformation, Transfiguration, something like that. You know the painting. It's, it's, it's a very beautiful rendition of it, of like Homer, and it's instead of the woman, the woman is married, and the, the angels around them are like all of his bar friends. Really good photo. And it made me realize, obviously, what's happening here is that he's trying something other than Duff, and 
he's yeah. blown away by it. It made me realize, I wrote a little comment here. It's like, I feel like Duff is the Heineken of this universe. Probably true. It's probably the basic beer of this it's world. Probably... Or, you know, Budweiser. I feel like if it's in America, yeah, it's like Budweiser. Yeah, it's more popular. And just like, it's everywhere. It's always going to be good, but it's never going to be amazing. You know, it's one of those beers, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, for for us Europeans, it's like... It would be Heineken. Heineken. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess America, Budweiser is a little bigger. Oh, yeah. Chalmers says it'll help Homer making... um, make the beer using simple ingredients and Homer's like beer has ingredients it looks at his his can and it just says ingredients beer can <laughs> we got to the Springfield I Mall I always I always get that way. oh sorry you right. <sighs> am I boring sorry it's just really boring yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love your passion no um, what I was gonna say was I get that when I read beer cans is I just read the back and it's just like yeast water hops. malt barley I know That's it sounds it. so boring. Yeah, it sounds like how do all these things make a really nice drink that gets me intoxicated? It's to this one. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so strange. Yeah, we got the Springfield Mall again. Another great sign. It just says most of our mannequins have arms. And, uh, Sean's like pointing out all different stores. Lisa being like, I worked there. I got fired from there. Got wrongfully accused of shoplifting from there. Shoplifted so much from there. And Lisa's like, Wow, you really lived. She's like, Well. Oh yeah, well, in, in in this corner of the mall, at least, I didn't see a poster outside the cinema for uh, a prom before dying, a movie about two teens who fall in love but only have forty five minutes to live. And Sean was like, "That sounds gross. Let's see it." And Lisa, in her head, is saying that she likes she likes Sean and wants to spend time with her, even though she's really mean. She's like, "I'm not sure what that is." The squeaky voice teen then says that someone at Lisa's age can only be let in with a family member. And Sean is like, well, she's my little sister, dummy. Duh. And then he's in her head again. And he's like, oh, that's it. She's a big sister. And Sean is like, come on, little sis. Let's go see two. Let's go watch two teens make out and croak. And they both smile to each other. I we, just, I, I never get over the fucking spotty, geeky guy that works everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I know him and the, the wise guy. job he works at. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Whenever it's like a higher up job, it's the wise guy. You know, yeah. hey, hey, belly. Whenever it's like you know a job that someone would do when they're in college, it's always it's always like you know the cinema, yeah. crusty burgers, stuff like that. He just works everywhere. He's got he's got to get through those shooting loans. I mean, they're bad everywhere, but they're meant to be exceptionally bad in yeah. America. So you know, I guess that could be a way of making sense of his character and why he works everywhere we didn't get a montage of them both happily waking up to their 6am alarm nice little quick montage they're like you know getting their instruments and going to Springfield High early to practice they both walk past two different homeless people Lisa walks past the crazy cat lady and Shauna walks past a homeless man with, with like a bunch of dogs and they're all like ignoring their alarms and they go to Springfield High and they start jamming together we didn't cut to the kitchen. Lisa's like chanting. She's in like full marching band gear now. Chanting that Sean is the best sister she ever has. Maggie hears this and gets out from her high chair and leaves through the doggy door. I love that the family have no reaction to that. The little baby just leaving the house. <laughs> Literally no reaction. Um, and then and Bart's like, great line. Just, You've made a very fussy enemy. <laughs> Lisa leaves too. And Marge says to Homer she doesn't like her being friends with Shauna. She's like, she always seems so over it, even when it's something good. And Homer's like, yep, teens are garbage, which I agree with. <laughs> I mean, I was garbage when I was a teen. <laughs> and uh, he's like, anyway, I'm going to Murs. And she's like, don't you mean Moe's? Like, no, Charles Murs. Now a different sad old man is getting me drunk. <laughs> Great line. 
we got them in Chalmers' garage again. They're wearing like monk clothes and they're performing like a cult like seance. Oh man, art thou as hammered as I? Yes, verily, but Homer, Trappist brewing is about more than just drinking the beer. He tells Homer that brewing isn't just about drinking the beer, it's about honoring the monks that, have, that started the tradition. And he takes out a book, and we, we go into the book, and it's like a little montage. Really nice animation here, too. It's quite different. Seeing, like, uh, images of the monks brewing the beer, chugging it from a wooden keg, uh, playing beer pong, and the, the, the last one, the, the best one, is a, a monk, like, vomiting into the hood of another monk's cloak. Uh, he says that the, the joys of brewing beer is the potential. He's looking at a picture of Shauna when she was a kid, and he's like, the, the joys of brewing beer is the potential it has when first bring it into the world, and it never tells you it's pregnant, just to mess with you. And it was a nice little thing, you know, that it was like he's kind of using the brewing the beer as like an escape from the fact that he doesn't feel fulfilled yeah. and I guess disappointed himself that he doesn't have like a nice, healthy relationship with his daughter. Which is like, um, quite common i mean yeah hank in breaking bad do you know i mean a straighter brow completely came to mind yeah, yeah totally it's a similar thing for sure that it's a coping mechanism making up for them yeah yeah and also be i mean i guess but similar examples yeah because they both have really stressful jobs like they're clearly they're brewing beers it's this side thing it's almost inappropriate they're doing it because you know hank's a dea officer traumas is a superintendent and like they're the side thing where they're just making beer getting yeah. drunk you know but it, yeah it makes absolute sense that that would be a a nice, enjoyable hobby and a coping mechanism for someone. I could see myself doing that. I could totally see myself doing <laughs> that. I mean, obviously. What a desperate habit for an Irish man to do, though. I mean, it would be a lot of work, though. That's the thing. It would be a very rewarding beer. Mm-hmm. And you always, you, you would eventually, if you got really good at it, you'd learn a way to make it so that... Like the way you can make coffee at home and make sure it's the exact type of coffee you like. It'd be the same with brewing beer, I suppose. After a while, you'd know exactly the way you like it's it. very true. You know? Yeah. yeah. I would love to have my, like, own bottles of beer. Oh, I definitely... <laughs> my face on it. When I, when I fall into the money, I definitely will have, like, a fucking beer on tap of my house. <laughs> my my rather wealthy uncle is getting a new house soon that has a, a garage, that has a shed, should I say, that has uh, beer on tap in it. Oh, so I'm um, insane, right? Like, oh, I mean, that's for habit to get into. That thing you're home. Yeah. Terrible. You'd go home every night being like, up to the shed. <sighs> yeah, the, the keg's in the shed. Like, you know, it's full. Why the hell not? Yeah. Stressful day at work. Oh, it'd be so nice, though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Homer starts out that downing, like, the beer from a tap and Chalmers. Again, easy guy, but like you wanted to hear it so much. He goes, Simpson? <laughs> you wanted to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Simpson, I-, I think it's time that you brewed your own beer. And he's like, you really think I'm ready? He's like, oh, I do. We didn't cut to marriage reading a book called A, a Rare Old Boudoir in the, in like the kind of, I don't know what you call it. It's not sitting room. It's like the other area. Just like lounge area, I guess. The, the one closer to, to, their, to their front garden. But she's reading it, she's on the first page, she's like, oh, I didn't expect him to turn into a world from the first page, but I'm not complaining. And Lisa and Sean and Martian playing their instruments, and she, like, spills wine in her book, and she's like, oh, my horror romance! They then go up to Lisa's room, and Sean's like, I love pissing off parents. She, like, plays drums on the wall. And Lisa says there's auditions uh, going for lead drummer of the band, and Sean starts eating Cheetos. And at this point, I'm convinced that this season was sponsored by Cheetos. I know. Because this is the third time. Cheetos <laughs> puffs everywhere. What's yeah. going on? Like, yeah. Because when it came in, in Pixelated and Phrase, I remember it came in another episode as well. Boys in the Highland, when the goat they found was eating it, 
when they came in there, it was like clear. You know, it was a very obvious gag. So I was like, ah, it's just there for the gag. But it this time around, it's just she's eating and enjoying it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they paid a, a, a bit of money to throw their product into a couple of episodes of the show. Definitely. That must be it because in the, it, even though the I think the two examples I just gave are better than this example. You know, they're all funny. They're still a little bit shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they there must have been some money thrown at them, which is bizarre. I've never heard of sponsorships, like you know, product placement in a cartoon. <laughs> it's really I weird. Suppose not. Yeah. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure there's other examples, but it's just weird because you're not seeing the actual product. Obviously, this animated. But I, I suppose it would still be the same effect of you see the meat and cheese, and you're like, oh, I kind of want cheese now. If you like them, you know. But yes, he's eating them. Do you not? Uh, no, I don't like anything cheesy apart oh, from okay. actual oh, yeah, cheese course, and yeah, pizza. pizza. I'm not really like it. I, I like the basic cheese stuff, like pizza or cheeseburgers. But I, I wouldn't be like, oh, give me a lasagna or throw some camembert into my face. You know what I mean? I hate people who are like um... connoisseurs of cheese. No, because I am. Oh, really? I never. <laughs> but I hate people who are like, um, oh no, I hate cheese. Won't get anywhere near it. I like your pizza though. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not oh, like that. I, I, yeah, I can definitely acknowledge. I obviously like cheese, but I definitely don't like complex cheese. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go for a camembert or a blue cheese or anything like that. Like, I, I'd like like you know, halloumi. You know, cheddar, cheddar yeah. exactly. Like you know, plainer cheeses. When when they get extravagant, it's too much for me. I, I wouldn't have a cheese board. Like you know what I okay. mean? Yeah. But um, anyway, you learned something new about me today, I guess. I'm a board of us. <laughs> we have very different feelings towards cheese. Well, yeah, she, so she's saying there's there, there auditions going for the lead drummer of the marching band. She's eating the Cheetos and she's like, oh, they're not going to give it to me. Belisa tells her that she has so much potential and she really should go for it. She's like, fine, if you promise me you'll shut up about it. And she says she'll be the best drummer. She's being really sweet there in this scene, Lisa. So she'll be the, she's the best drummer she's ever heard and knows she'll get, she'll get the lead. And Shauna goes, oh, excuse me, uh, she turns away from her, she clearly is starting to cry, like, I, I think I got some Cheeto dust in my eyes. And yeah, it's a nice little moment, like, give, giving her some humanity, we've never seen anything more than, like, a, a very two-dimensional version of this character, it's being sassy and kind of mean to people, so, they gave her some, some heart here that I really enjoyed. We then immediately cut to auditions for the lead drummer. Martin's brother is trying out first, who we have never seen before, but I'm not complaining, we're giving these characters more... Uh, you know, substance recently. That's cool. But yeah, we've never seen Martin have a brother before. He he, he does a little medley, and then Martin comes up to him and he's like, "That was amazing, big brother." <laughs> One of my favorite moments. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. He's like, and his brother sounds just like him. He's like, "Why, thank you, petite frere." And they just start doing a little dance together. So cringe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so cringe good. in the best way. <laughs> and the teacher's like, "Next up, checks the sheet list. It's like Shauna Chalmers." And Shauna's like, "Oh, I am so out of here." Then Lisa stops her, hands her drumsticks and she smiles again yeah, I, I, I like the relationship in this episode it was really sweet she starts drumming it, again it just sounds fantastic you can tell they hired a really good drummer to do these bits she starts drumming and in the middle of the of it she like starts using martin's brother's drums to c- continue the beat and he starts crying as she's doing it and it, it, it's fantastic and you know obviously immediately cuts her at a baseball stadium with lisa she, she clearly got the lead of the band and they're they're doing a, a lovely medley and yeah. it ends quite weirdly with them forming her name <laughs> and they go Shona that made me think it was like a dream sequence but it wasn't so they're just <laughs> in the middle of a baseball game just no. chanting her name everyone watching it would have been like what the hell <laughs> but anyway they they're, they're backstage after, after doing it and uh, Lisa's like Shona that was great I won't tell anyone how hard you practiced like I care 
Thanks. It was a great transition as well. Oh, it was it was and lovely, yeah. Beautifully you know, animated. Do you know what it was a reference to? No. 2001, Space Odyssey. Was it? When they're the gorillas and they fr- he throws the bone up in the air and it cuts to the spaceship. Oh my god, you're yeah. so right. Oh, I, I completely didn't register that. that. That's such a, like, you know, movie nerd reference. I'm, I'm kind like... of sad that I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so subtle. Like, it's not in your face. Yeah. Like, here's a movie reference. That's really cool. I mean, obviously it's in... And we know The Simpsons like Kubrick, so it's pretty The Simpsons writers are absolutely obsessed with Kubrick. It's yeah. very clear. But yeah, that, that's a really cool way because it's so obscure. There's another great one. I think it's in season four or five where like Barry is like going for cupcakes, but the ang- it's two cupcakes, but the angle in the way that looks just like the scene in Clockwork Orange where the main character, I forget his name, is going for, Matt McDowell's character is going for a woman's breasts. Oh yeah. It's so clever, but it, it's cupcakes. Like again, it's something you, you would only notice if you know the movie really well. Like it's so clever. They're such nerds. I mean, the, the best example of that is in season 26, there's a Trials of Horror, really one of my favorites, called A Clockwork Yellow. And it's, you know, it's a parody of Clockwork Orange, obviously. Oh, yeah, but there's I remember this. Reference... Yeah. Oh, you've seen this one? I think so, yeah. Oh, so good. But there's references At least to... I've seen this one because of the whole Kubrick thing and it would have popped up. Right, sure, sure. There's there's, there's things at the end that like references literally every single Kubrick movie and it's so beautiful. And just They really just go full nerd, like their love for him. And there's there's a Barry Lyndon reference I didn't I didn't like notice until watching it again kind of recently like, I've only seen that movie recently you've seen Barry Lyndon right it's my favorite Kubrick film I would say yeah. it's mine too it's up there for sure mm-hmm. either that Clockwork Orange for Metal Jacket yeah they, they did my top three wow you didn't even go for The Shining or 2001 no maybe The Shining definitely not 2001 to be honest no I do like it but I think it's a little bit overrated. Uh, that's a tough one man if I just say one I would actually probably say Barry Lyndon as well but there's a little bit where it's like uh, they're all like dressed up it's like the ending of um, the Tom Cruise one Eyes Wide Shut mm-hmm. and it, the whole thing is referencing it but at one point like comic guy is dressed up as Barry Lyndon and he gets shot in the leg and comic guy goes even I don't know this is a reference to which is a great line because it is his most obscure movie yeah. unfortunately it's so great if you haven't seen Barry Lyndon I'd recommend it so much I put up for so long that it's three hours, so I was just like, oh, a three hour like period drama, I don't want to watch that, but it's actually, it's actually really fun. On my 18th really, birthday, so fun. I went to the cinema at 10am to watch it. At 10am? I'm guessing it Prince Charles. at 10am. No, it, well, it was... Picture house. It was one back home, it was a picture house back home. Yeah. Oh, alright, that's, so that's, that's a good way to spend your 18th birthday, <laughs> why not? I watched uh, Barry Lyndon, Under the Skin, wow. and Videodrome. On your 18th birthday? What a way to spend your 18th, fair oh, yeah. enough. That's a proper movie nerd right there. That's great. We didn't get introduced to Trevor McBride. He, he goes up, he's one of the footballers, or, yeah, it would, it would have been a football game. Goes up to her and asks Shauna, would you like to come to his party tomorrow night? With Lisa, of course. And she's like, sure, I guess. And the guy's like, sure, and I guess? I'm crushing it. He says they just need a way of accessing beer. And Shauna's like, oh, I know a guy. And we immediately know who that's going to be. We cut to Chalmers and... Homer, he's like he's he's observing the Homer's first brew, but he doesn't drink it, which is an important detail we'll get to later. He doesn't drink it, he's just looking at it. And he goes, Ah, the caramel colour. This is a fine first brew, brother Homer. You truly are my padre from another madre. And Homer goes, I just wish to, to be worthy of our labelling. We see they called it Thirst Trappist Hunky Monk's Ale, and the picture is them in their clothes boat just like cheer cheering with a, a beard together. 
And Shauna comes in saying that she knows she's been a total B recently. And she's like, oh, B says for Brenda. She's this total bitch I know. And she asks if they'd like to see a, a piece herself and Lisa have been working on. And Shauna's immediately so happy. He's like, Shauna, I'd be honored to. And she's like, come on then, Dad. Stop being weird. You're so embarrassing. Both of you. And they both like put their heads out in shame and woke off. And while they're gone, Shauna like, grabs a six pack of their beer and puts it outside of the garage and then like Trevor and another guy show up and they're like oh the beers are exactly where the chick said it would be and and the Trevor's like her name is Shauna learn three things about her other than her looks or you're off the team and then cut to Shauna and Lisa playing for them obviously doing this to distract Chalmers and Homer while the teens take the beer one of the things when that scene happened I was like does Lisa know what's what's going on here that, that's totally out of character I was a bit like thrown out I, I thought she was part of it you know what I mean? I they made it. Knows. They made it clear later yeah. on that obviously she wasn't, but it's just it wasn't clear in this moment. So I was like, is she aware of what Shauna's doing? Is she doing right, it with her? Yeah. Like they're in cahoots? Because I was saying, oh, that's super out of character. But it, it's 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 confirmed later on that obviously she had no idea. But it, it did throw me off a little bit. But Chalmers is watching this with Homer. He's so happy. He's like, I'm finally connecting with her. And Homer's like, I'm so happy for you. And they hug, and they're celebrating their their monk cloaks. And while he hugs Chalmers, he presses the button to open the garage in his front pocket so it, it, it opens the garage door and the teens see like you know loads of these beer bottles and uh, they, they, they take all of them and start loading up into the car they then cut to the party Trevor invites Lisa and Shauna in informing them that they have uh, pasta burgers regular and impossible and th- this is one little thing that I was like Oh, one little way they could have fish, fixed that gag is he goes, oh, we have burgers, regular and impossible. She just said, we have burgers, possible and impossible. I don't know, it's a little yeah, thing true. that makes that yeah. better, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And we have hella soda, courtesy of my awesome parents. And the parents are so, like, just so oblivious. Super sort of, cool, yeah. Yeah, they love his, his successful, their successful footballer son so much and don't think he can do anything wrong. But it, Lisa has her sax with her, and one of the teens is like, Oh, cool, little girl with a saxophone, play us a song. And she's like, Sure, and she starts doing a little medley. And Trevor's like, I-, I don't care what people say, I just think music is one of the coolest sounds out there. Wanna kiss a brother? Duh. Trevor's dad is like, you know, Myself and your mother are going to an escape room. We'll be about seven hours. Uh, will you guys be okay on your own? And the mom's like, Oh, don't worry, dear. It's almost nightfall. That's usually when these teen pizza parties start to wrap up. And then as soon as they leave, they bring in the beer, turn the table, the table, ta- turn the table tennis upside down, and it's like a beer pong table. Uh, they turn the loaded nachos into fully loaded nachos, and the pizza boxes into. What are you laughing at? It's just the fact that the nachos turn into fully loaded nachos. <laughs> I know, yeah, because <laughs> what, what a big party this actually is. <laughs> and they they open the pizza boxes. See, there's no pizza. It's just like vinyl records, and they start scratching them, and. Uh, Chalmers and Homer discovered that all the beer has been taken so Chalmers goes to check Shauna's Instagram and Homer's like she lets her she lets you follow her and he's like oh of course not I use a fake account she thinks I'm a goth teen from Cincinnati named Rodrigo <laughs> he has this little picture of his goth makeup it's hilarious. they put so much effort into this fake account like it's as if she wouldn't know that's her dad I know. <laughs> but he immediately sees she's putting up stories of like you know all the, the beer going out and everything it's their bottles clearly and he's like oh, these teens are getting intoxicated on our beer since their faces are plastered all over the beers obviously they run to go and stop it and we, we cut to Lisa seeing all this happening she's getting she's freaking out saying that this party is 
like one from those TV shows she's not allowed to watch. And she calls out for her big sister, but there's no luck. She calls the police from the home phone, reporting on an abandoned minor. And uh, Shauna turns the phone off and she's like, did you just narc on us, you narc? And she's like, where were you? Getting some. It's like, what's getting some? Smushes, duh. We didn't cut to Homer and Chalmers running in. And Chalmers tells Homer to grab all the beer bottles. Otherwise, the superintending days will be over. And one great bit is he, he takes a bottle from a guy, from, from, from like a, a young teen. And the guy continues like drinking just with nothing in his hand. <laughs> He's so drunk he doesn't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then Lou and she Wigan come in and Lou's like, Cheap, it's worse than we thought. This party isn't great. It's legendary. And then Homer and, and, and Chalmers pass through with, with their cloaks up. And <laughs> Wigan immediately just thinks they're regular monks. He's like, oh, good evening, your eminences. And Lou's like, chief, they're, they're no monks. They're just a flyer. And he points out the, the bottles with their faces on it. And they take them away. And Chalmers is like, you know, they, they handcuff them. And Chalmers is like, I'm going to be out of a job, a pension. And oh, yeah, I'm going to jail. And then, and then, and then Lou, again, being the person to discover everything. Well, she doesn't do nothing. That doesn't do anything, of course. He discovers, he's like, cheat, this alcohol is at 0.0. <laughs> and Twinkle's like, oh my god, they're already dead. He's like, no, it contains no alcohol. And Chalmers tastes it, and he's like, Homer, you beautiful moron, you didn't add any yeast. Yeah, what's that mean? He's like, no fermentation means no intoxication. Your incompetence saved our lives. And he kisses him. I thought that was a great way to fix up that story. It, was, it just yeah. made so much sense. He didn't, he didn't make it into actual beer. Like, I love that of course people, he wouldn't. People were acting drunk as well. Oh, it's so good. So funny. That just, was a really smart way to like get them out of trouble. Yeah, and also to trick us because they're all, they, they seem so wasted. So we're like, oh, obviously it is real beer. How are they going to get out of this? And it's like, oh, of course they don't, drink beer they're teenagers so they the moment they act it yeah yeah exactly there's a great episode of freaks and geeks where um like uh i forgot the the actress's name she's a lady who plays velma in live action scooby-doo movies as well but she's having a big parody and they like they like rob a keg of beer and then her younger brother like replaced it with alcohol-free beer and the whole episode they're all just getting so drunk doing all these crazy things but they're drinking alcohol-free beer it's it's so funny but it, it reminded me of that um, and then Chalmers confronts Shauna, uh, who runs away immediately, and he, he sits down, like, starts to sob, is really disappointed. And one of the teens is like, hey, Rodrigo from Instagram is upset, let's console him! And this, like, relieves Chalmers a little bit. And uh, Wigan reports over a megaphone being like, Attention teens, you are not drunk. Repeat, not drunk. Please examine your outrageous behavior through a lens of newfound self-awareness. Please use this experience to better understand the pressures you're all under and have more compassion for your friends, teachers, parents, and most of all, yourselves. Over. And it got to Homer, ring up to Lisa, asking what she's doing here. She says she was with Shauna, but never wants to see her again. And she cries into Homer's arms. Quick, sweet little moment. We go back to the house. We're told that a, a month has passed by Marge, and that Lisa still hasn't spoken to Shona. She says she feels like she's lost a sister, and Marge is like, well, what, "What about your actual sister?" And we see Maggie is like faced away from her, and Lisa puts her hands out to her, and they both have a little hug, and Maggie obviously forgives her. That was that was a sweet little moment. I because it was such a quick little bit earlier, I didn't expect them to come back to us. I thought that was nice. It was like she was so absorbed in the fantasy of Sean I being your sister she forgot she has an actual yeah. sister you know I thought that was a nice little little final moment there then Mary says she's leaving with 
Homer for the evening and Homer enters in his cloak being like, I brought the absinthe. And she's like, mm. they go off obviously going to drink beer with Chalmers. We see that she hired Shauna to babysit and she and Lisa's like, hey. And uh, Shauna's like, hey, I thought you might be here at the house you live in. And Bart's like, I don't know why it's so awkward, but it's beautiful. And Shauna says she started a band called Brendan and the Bees and thanks to the inspiration and encouragement Lisa gave her. She also says she quit the marching band and Lisa had to leave also since a musician. She replaced his middle toe heel and she's like, oh, screw modern medicine. And Shauna's like, do you want to jam? She's like, you bet. And they start playing together again and Bart just like blocks his ears while that's happening. Then over the credits, we just get like little images as we're getting the theme song of Hawaii Five O playing yeah. over it. Nice little final thing to do over the credits. We see Traumers in the Homer furiously brewing beer. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. No post credits, but it's kind of nice. We had little little, little images, yeah. No, I like that. Is it kind of like everything set up in this episode continued? You know, I I like the they're they're furiously brewing beer together. Another image is Duffman and Mo forcing that Duff down Homer. I, I had a feeling that would be your favorite <laughs> one. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was a good one. I thought, I thought they had to address it in some way. Obviously, Mo be pissed off he's getting beer someplace else for free. So yeah. that was a great image. Yeah, Duffman and Mo were just holding him back. Another image is uh, Sean and Lisa still jamming together, pissing off marriage and making sense. It'll help her howl. Weird one was just a picture of Sammy Davis Jr. holding a piece of paper of like, the lyrics to this song. And when I saw that, I realized, oh, that's Sammy Davis Jr. singing. He's singing the Hawaii Five-O theme song. But the Hawaii Five-O theme song doesn't have any lyrics to it in the TV show. So I was like, what's the deal here? I had to look it up. So a piece of history for you, totally unrelated to the Simpsons, is when they originally made Hawaii Five-O back in the 60s, they, they wrote lyrics for it and got Sammy Davis Jr., one of the biggest musicians in the world, definitely at the time, to record the song. And they also recorded an instrumental of it, and the producers preferred the instrumental, mm. which I mean, makes sense because you know less is more, you know, to, to not have yeah. the lyrics over it. But like, you got the biggest musician in the world, one of the biggest musicians in the world, to sing your theme song, and you went, nah. <laughs> is that bizarre? True, but it's iconic yeah. now. Oh, it's, it's so... one of the biggest theme songs in the world. I would say, like, I've never seen a single episode of Hawaii Five O, but I could tell you. Yeah, everyone knows the theme song. Yeah, instantly. Yeah. Which like, just goes yeah. to show they probably actually made a really good decision. Yeah, I, you know, I guess so. Yeah, but I was just wondering, like, hearing this over the credits, I was like, "There's a Sammy Davis Jr. lyrics to the Hawaii Five O theme song." So bizarre. But yeah, there's a bit of history for you. Oh yeah, we get an image of uh, Trevor's parents still stuck in the escape room. An image of Homer and Chalmers both. Uh, watching a football game together while getting drunk <laughs> and the final one this was my favourite was Marge dreaming of making out with the werewolf in, in the book that she was reading earlier oh, yeah. on and then the final one is it's Homer he's had the exact same dream they said he's in an armchair watching it in a gown <laughs> and I was thinking they must have had to fight for that yeah. because it's literally Homer being a cuckold like <laughs> It got me so hard. I was in stitches the first time I saw this episode. Got you hard. <laughs> what are you talking? That's about? what I meant. Yes. <laughs> no, it made me laugh a lot and also aroused me. You can do both at the same time, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, great fine limits. Weird little guy that I absolutely loved. And yeah, that concludes the episode. So as always, you can go first. Yeah, sure. Um... <laughs> What's that? Oh, so... So... It's not rehearsed. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so. <laughs> The first five minutes of this episode, I had a feeling I wasn't going to enjoy it. Oh, really? And I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't think the gags were very funny. This huh. is the first five minutes. Oh, right, right, okay, right. okay. I did I was unsure. So what's that, like, kind of... Her in the school and in the high school, like, those I think, couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But the character grew on me. Yeah, for sure. Um, the episode dramatically improved for me. Mm. Um, to the point where... I actually think I enjoyed this more than any other episode this season. Wow, I did not expect that. Jeez, okay. I thought it was brilliant. Wow, okay. The way the way they tied in the two different plots as well. Oh, that was that was very that well was done. That was genius. Yeah. And it happens so rarely in the show. I always appreciate when they do do that, you know. It was really really funny. There's some great moments. For sure. Lisa's dynamic was Shauna. With Shauna was like just great because mm. it's like this big sister thing. We haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. But the the creme de la creme was Homer and Chalmers. Oh, hundred percent. Relationship yeah. going on there. That I said the exact same thing in my review. Such yeah, a funny plot. Is it? It's not even a subplot. I feel like they had the more or less the same amount of time, maybe a bit less. But yeah, I think a little bit. Yes, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Is there is a significant chunk of it? It's, yeah, it's a bit more than a side story. I would say. Yeah, and it was really funny and mm. a very like. I'm I'm surprised Homer brewing beer hasn't been done before. Yeah, good point. Um, actually, yeah, thirty three years later, and, like... and it's weird that we haven't really seen him have much of a relationship with Chalmers before. It's a very random one. I mentioned that in my reviews. But, I'm pretty sure it's the first time we ever see Chalmers in yeah. a plot line without Skinner. But it worked. Oh, totally. Really I well. love seeing him in a different light. Um, and we got to learn more about him, mm-hmm. um, and just. Yeah, the way they tied in two plots at the end worked really well. Yeah. Um, we didn't get much of Marge and Bart, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you can't have every character they did in every episode. They little bits, and that was, that was it. That was, I mean, very little Bart, for sure, but yeah, it's like you, you have episodes where one character will be in a bit more than the other. Like, that's that's a given, yeah. Like, even if I didn't find it the funniest of the season, mm. I definitely enjoyed it more than any other episode. Sure. I, often with the new episodes, maybe like, find myself at moments getting a bit bored or mm. whatever this one i was i was hooked yeah after the f- first five minutes i was hooked nice so yeah it's a, a 8.5 8.5 wow that's very high praise um i did, did not expect that i thought it was a very enjoyable episode as well i did i didn't think you wouldn't like it but i definitely didn't expect you to prefer it to any other episode we've done this season so far wow yeah very very high praise um i really enjoyed it too i, I definitely didn't like it as much as you but i'll, I'll get into my Review now. I, I gave it a seven point five. I, I still really enjoy it. It's a very fun episode with two new relationships that I really enjoyed. Uh, I, I I did say that I felt like the two stories didn't go as far as they could have in terms of like Shauna being a delinquent and like denying her own talents. I thought they could have gone a little bit further with that and her relationship with with Chalmers, her relationship with her dad. But they didn't go as far as I would have liked them to have gone. It's only a small criticism. I, like, I like what they did with it, but I just felt like there could have been a bigger moment, right. especially with Chalmers and Sean. I thought, like, you know, when, when he wouldn't, you know, that's quite heartbreaking. Like, he thought that he was having this moment with her where, where she was showing him her, her music, but it, it ended, sad, ended up just yeah. being a distraction. Yeah. We didn't really have a big moment of, like, him being really upset and realizing what was happening there. You know what I mean? I feel like we could have had a more human moment for him there but I'm sure they're going to do more of them in the future they're, they're clearly two characters that the writers are really interested in at the moment so I think we'll be seeing more of them soon for sure if not together separately at the very least I said it was really nice to see Tromers without Skinner for once and building on his relationship with his daughter and interesting to see his home life and a more vulnerable side to him 
and uh, I, I, I like that Shauna stays engaged and, motiva- and motivated to do more music because Lisa's encouragement. And I agree with you. I, I did prefer the Homer's and the Homer and Trollmer side story, but just in terms of the Lisa and Shauna thing, I thought it was really sweet. And I like that. You know, it was Lisa's encouragement that made her do all these things. It ends with her again having a band and everything. It's like they they keep the character in the new expanded way that she is, rather than having her revert back to yeah. the bully that she is at the very end. You know what I mean? I like that they kept her like we've seen a sweeter, more vulnerable side to her, and, and they don't just push aside again. It's like she is actually staying. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without getting rid of what makes her kind of mm-hmm. funny and interesting as a character, I think Rise always do a good job there. But sometimes they can they can have it be just like, oh, actually. That, that, that doesn't matter She's, they're back to normal now but with this they were like no she is actually sticking with what Lisa taught her and you know mm. c- continuing on with what she's passionate about I, I thought she had a great act in this episode yeah but cool yeah I'm, I'm genuinely surprised this is your favorite episode of the, I know. Favorite episode of the season so I, far I'm yeah. surprised that's cool yes, but yeah you like the first five minutes end, yeah yeah. Uh, this one really won you over the, the, the um, Bleeding Gums Murphy one and the last one wasn't it the um. octopus and the teacher I didn't like that one that much. You gave an 8 out of 10, I remember. It was good. Yeah. I might go back on that. Really? Okay. Obviously, we'll have our final ratings at the end. Yeah, yeah, we'll sum it all up um, more. I saw, yeah, I did like that episode, but... Longest Marriage, maybe? And be liking that one a lot. That was good, yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to remember, but I... Yeah, the jazz one, definitely, I liked a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. But yeah, well, I mean, we're not, we're not too far away, so we'll definitely be doing the our top three and bottom three yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, so we're flying through it. But yeah, I think that's everything I have to say about the episode, really, isn't it? Yeah, just great. Yeah, no, really, really enjoyable. So let's jump into the news. Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. A good bit of news this week. They're all very different. So one is like a fun piece of news, like a, a fun light piece of news. Another is unfortunate, and another is actually quite upsetting. So, which one would you like to hear Let's first? Do the two bad ones first, and then the good and the good one. one. That makes sense. Do you want to hear the unfortunate one or the upsetting one? Um, unfortunate. So, the unfortunate one is after Trump officially announces, which is literally only yesterday, officially announces that he's running for president in 2024. It's obviously been speculated for a long time, but he officially confirmed it yesterday. Producer Al Jean on the show, obviously, pointed out that. They predicted this in 2015. It's an episode where Homer's having some sort of dream about the future. Bear in mind, it's 2015. Trump didn't even win the first presidency yet. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a little sign saying Trump 2024. Isn't that insane? Yeah. That that is a particularly insane one because all the things that would have to have happened for him to be able to run 2024. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would have to become president, lost presidency, so that he doesn't get a second term. And run again in 2020. You know what I mean? It's the fact that they predict that in 2015 is insane to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, unfortunate, but like, pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's one of, the, one of the most coincidental ones yet. Just, yeah. Just how right they got it. The upsetting one is that Charlie, uh, Charlie Southern, a, a Liverpool man who runs the fantastic Twitter page, Simpsons Quote of the Day, that I've been following for years, probably one of the first pages I ever followed on Twitter. Uh, he announced that he's quitting the page after 13,000 posts and 634,000 followers. Damn, that's a lot. Because of the Elon Musk thing. He says it's, the page is probably going to get taken down eventually because it, you know, he has no way of claiming that he has the right to this property and all that kind of stuff. That He's just kind of, you know, prolonging or 
furthering the inevitable by just quitting the page basically i thought you were gonna say he died no Actually, no yeah. he's just quitting it he's okay. moving on to something else which makes sense look he put in a lot of work like i said the over 13 thousand yeah. posts it was just a wonderful page it was just this little meme scene from the show it's like archived somewhere i think the page would remain up. i mean i don't know i guess maybe as a facebook version of it as well instagram so usually people do that yeah i don't know but i mean the memes are everywhere like most of the little simpsons memes you'd see like great quotes from the show a lot of them would have been made by him i mean i never knew this guy's name or anything but cool little information to find out his name is Charlie Sutton and he's from liverpool uh but yeah it was it was it was a great page and uh Rest in peace, Simpsons quote, Simpsons quote of the day was yeah, yeah. always brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, so um, yeah, sad news, but yeah, wrapping it up with the happy piece of news. This is a cool little thing. This is Adidas announced a Marge Simpson shoe coming to stores before Christmas, That'd and be they, about two hundred pounds, <laughs> probably. Yeah, they brought the design for it as well. It looks for I mean, I would wear it. It's uh, it's you know, Marge Simpson blue, and it's her face, but it, it's you no hair so it's like the hair is the shoe yeah it's you like know what I mean blue and then, yeah. yeah really good design I, I, I dug it I, I would wear it if I could afford it <laughs> but yeah jumping into Seb's classic yeah I went for the War of the Simpsons yes very I liked two. it a lot I like it a lot as well and the reason I chose this episode was because I was browsing through web pages yeah. looking for bad early season episode right i wanted a bad one that's interesting yeah because there are there are some yeah people put the early season on such a pedestal and and when i was watching this i remembered i'd seen it not too long ago right? all right it's not bad no i, don't I think saw, so saw on a, and even on wikipedia i was reading mm-hmm. um that some critics gave it a bad review saying it fell flat um, right saying it was more of a mature episode that didn't really hit any of like the comedic um, I could definitely agree and see that it's more mature, but I definitely don't think it's it doesn't have gags. Like, no. I, I think it's loads of really funny moments. I think it's great, and I think this is this is one of the perfect Homer, marriage, arcs, Homer Marge, um, story arcs. Yeah, that make them who they are. Absolutely, and yeah, personally, I think it was a great episode. Mm, I th- um, I think it's probably the first one where they have a real like couple problem that they had to solve together where you know marriage is really pissed off at homer and homer's being uh selfish and he comes through at the end but he i think it's probably the first episode where we really see him being a jerk yeah you know what i mean he has a lot of really selfish like just um traces episode that come from a really bad place i mean he's horrible in it but the the first sequence where they have a little house party with all their friends and he's absolutely intoxicated is so funny. It's really good. And, <laughs> it's and so good. My, it's like my, my favourite scene is when he wakes up in the morning home and Marge is like, do you remember what you did last night? And in his head, it's like this really fancy cocktail party. Yeah, and he's being and so sophisticated. Brilliant. Every single line in that is just comedy gold. Oh, so, so good. good. <laughs> so it's, it's not even like something they know. It's, 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 it's like drawn. The animation is different. It's like everyone at the parody, like Flanders and Hibbert and stuff, all look different. And one guy just goes, oh, I, I deem this. He does a gag to Dr. Hibbert where he puts like a fake ice cube with a fly in and do this drink. And in his fantasy, some guy is going, oh, I deem that to be the, the best gag in the season. And they all laugh together like, oh, <laughs> so good. My favorite bit is definitely when he's shouting at this guy <laughs> at the parody. He's like, 
you know what? You stink, and your entire corporation stinks. Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, Homer, I, 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 I don't know you. Our, our, our wives are friends. I met you a couple of hours ago. Like, you know what? I quit. The guy's like, well, please don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then there's that really weird scene, which I imagine is probably a reason why some people might reckon it a bit low. Maybe. Where he, uh, Maud is like going for some nuts and uh, and uh, Homer is like, hey, Maud, you gave me a handful of nuts. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, no, no, the ones at the bottom. And watches as like her breast lowers down. It, it is cool, very creepy. And yeah. Mary sees this and she's really angry. And I remember seeing this when I was younger being like, oh, Mary's being so mean to Homer in this episode. Because obviously <laughs> you're always rooting for your favorite character. But now that I'm older, I'm like, no, she's every right to be. He's being a selfish, yeah. drunk idiot this episode. But yeah, they go on a, they go on a couples retreat with uh, Lovejoy, Helen, Ned, and Maud, and these two couple. This couple that we never see ever again. Love another great quote from the episode: Reverend Lovejoy is like, uh, you know, Homer's like, oh, can can we just like sort 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 out our marriage? I just over like a little meeting right now to go to this big retreat. And Lovejoy's like, oh, you you can't fix a marriage in a couple of hours. You know, it takes a whole weekend to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> great quote. Uh, they had to go out to this resort together and you know the Homer conflict of him being selfish is he finds out there's, there's this rare fish in this area that people have been trying to capture for years so Homer gets involved in wanting to catch that fish rather than actually wanting to fix his marriage yeah. and just yeah a great conflict has That's a side a story he loves loves a challenge yeah yeah exactly has a great side story that I totally forgot about this. yeah with grandpa grandpa's minding the kids yeah and they're like they make a fake list mm-hmm. Being like, oh, my, my mom and dad, you, you have to take us to do this. It's like, oh, go to like cigars. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love like, this episode. Oh, you're not smoking cigar? <laughs> yeah. So funny. I, I like Grandma's arc night episode as well. I, I really noticed watching this episode today with you was like how good Dan Castaneda is in this episode because he's Grandpa and, and Homer. So yeah, he carries true. both stories, like, yeah. and both those characters have quite an interesting arc in this episode. He just does a tremendous job. I mean, there's no episode where he doesn't do a great job. He really stood out to me. This one does as a fantastic voice actor. Just as a great actor in general. Yeah, I don't get the hate personally. One criticism, I don't know. No, one criticism I would give is I feel like it's wrapped up a bit too nicely at the end without enough of a reason. Yeah, it, that like, was, it was really sort of rushed. Yeah, it is sweet that he, he catches a fish and marriage really crosses him. It's like, you're so selfish. It's just proof of that. You rather catch a fish and fix our marriage. And then he goes, oh, you want me to prove how much you mean, you mean to me? Watch this. He throws the fish away. And he's like, I threw away a fish. I, I could have had fame and fortune. I threw it all away just for you. Our marriage is in trouble. Yeah. And then marriage is like, no, you're right. And they hug and they make up. And it's like, okay, he whoa. He betrayed her twice that episode, but then just got away with it because he threw away that fish. Yeah, he's like, that felt a bit too clean, a bit yeah. too... It was like, oh, we're stuck for time. We need to wrap it up. Uh, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? It, it definitely felt a bit too clean. And like, okay, we're done. But yeah. that being said, it's just it's, it's it's a little thing. It doesn't affect the the whole episode. I love yeah. the marriage counseling scenes. Mm-hmm. The great quote is like, "We want to find out what more than Ned's problem is," and obviously we know it's not going to be like a major problem. <laughs> no. And then it's like, well, sometimes she crosses out vowel verses in my Bible because she can't buy her one. Like that's the problem. We never find out anything else. That's the reason why they're on a retreat together for a weekend. And of course, they're probably <laughs> the only couple that are always there. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely for the for the smallest problems, so they're actually a golden couple. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a really fun episode. It's definitely when it goes underloaded in the second season i definitely wouldn't say it's the best episode of the second season no. but i think it's good i think it's on their look it's, it's definitely good. very mature when i appreciate a lot more at an older age it's quite dark actually 
Yeah. It, the War of the Simpsons kind of defines it. Uh, even that name is quite dark. Uh, but like in in it's bleak, like but it's it's well written. I do think it's funny. It has some more dramatic moments, but when those moments happen, you're not like I'll oh, just do a joke. You know, it's you, you're right there with them. I'd I'd give it an eight point yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I give it an eight point five as well. Yeah, same as this current episode we've reviewed today. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I mean, in- incomparable. It's so different. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I I I think it's a good episode. I, I think it's definitely gets underlooked and. I can see it being one that people would skip when they're binging like the, the earlier seasons. And I would, I think it's worth not skipping. You know what I mean? Give the Ward Simpsons a second chance. Yeah, I, think, I don't think you can. Is that that should be allowed? You can't just binge a show and skip an episode. Yeah, it, well, it's one of those things. Like people are binging it when they've already seen. Yeah. They're binging the episodes they love. You know what I mean? And I, I think this is definitely one that gets underlooked. You know, Cause you, when you look through like the first nine seasons, you'll see episodes immediately. You're like, oh yeah, you watch that one. I watch that one. I watch that one. And that's definitely not one that catches your eye. You know, okay, give it a chance, people. Give Absolutely, chance. If, if you haven't already, definitely give it a chance. But yeah, jump into my impressions. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, as always, it is four quotes. One is not the character. Again, no character in this episode I haven't already done, so I just went for Sideshow Mel. Okay. Why the hell not? I haven't done him yet. But yeah, four quotes. So number Wait, one. So have you done Chalmers? Chalmers. I no but I mean when I say when I say characters I haven't done this episode, I mean like ones I could do. I couldn't do a decent Chalmers. Oh, you know what I mean? That that is a good voice. I've spoken about it in the podcast before. Like Hank Zary is an amazing voice actor. But like whatever with most voice actors you can you can hear it's them. You know what I mean. I think Chalmers' voice sounds nothing like him. I think it's such an impressive voice. The thing about it is, it's like you know, Mo is a great voice as well, and like Chief Wiggum and stuff. But they sound like cartoon characters. Chalmers sounds like he could be a real person. True. Yeah. You know what I mean. But it, but it sounds nothing like him. I think it's so impressive. But yeah, I would precise Jamel. So four quotes. Number one: Surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. Number two: I demand entertainment. Number three. Applause is an addiction, like heroin or checking your email. Hand number four. Come stand next to the bathroom door. I want to yell at you some more. Um, number two. Number two. Either man entertainment. No, no, that was. I thought that was number three. Um, uh. Oh no, no, yeah, number two, number two. Either man entertainment. Yeah. Fred Matt, it was number one. Surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. That was actually Sideshow Bob. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched a great video essay on Sideshow Mel recently, actually. That's why I kinda, he kind of came into mind for me. That guy I mentioned before called Real Jims, he like, he, he take, take a character in every video and like dissect their arc using bits that we know about them from the show and try, try to make sense of some, which was like a little inconsistencies. We do a great one on Sideshow Mel. And he made a really good point about how Sideshow Mel kind of breaks away from being Krusty's sidekick. He still is, but like you see him way more outside of being on Krusty's show. Yeah, yeah. He's always like whenever his own life. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like whenever there's like a crowd scene. I didn't really register this, but it's so true. Whenever there's a big crowd scene where the mob is unhappy about something, he's always the person who like announces what everyone's problem <laughs> so is. True, you know, yeah. it's always him. Like that's so true that well, see, they, they use him as that device. I guess we don't know if it's um it's lore or not because it was in the Ned Flanders two-parter mm, Serious yeah. Flanders yeah he mentions that yeah. very well in 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 that video so basically it has been mentioned in the show you know in, in the canon episodes of the show that he has a wife called Barbara oh, which okay. is the name of the girl in Serious Flanders and that's our first time ever seeing her so it's like 
Okay, so probably the, the Flanders stuff didn't happen, but we could but, say maybe that stuff yeah, is all yeah. true. Yeah, him being of marriage and stuff is an interesting thing that I would not be against seeing some more of. But yeah, what is next? Aquivia. Oh, hey, everyone's favorite. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> two pieces of trivia. Then we'll do the quiz. So yeah, two pieces of trivia. Uh, number one, the design of. I only found out this week. I was surprised. I never knew this. It's so obvious. The design of Auto was inspired by Slash from Guns N' Roses. That makes sense. It makes perfect yeah, sense. With the hair, the. The crazy hat, even the kind of way he walks and stuff is quite similar to Slash. I just never registered that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. And number two, something I found very interesting. For a short period of the early 2000s, the show was dubbed to Swedish it was, it was in Sweden. After receiving mountains of hate mail, they reverted back to the original show with Swedish subtitles. Okay. Well, that was so cool. I, I just liked hearing that the, the people in Sweden just liked hearing the original voice actors so much they don't they don't mind having to read subtitles they mm. just prefer to hear the real cast do the voices I thought it was cool feel bad for the Swedish actors who got casted to play the show and lost their jobs this probably sucked but a cool little piece of trivia for sure but yeah jumping into the quiz so as always 10 questions the score yes. to beat is still um, B-Shops no um, Android's Dungeon no uh, Leftorium no and um no. <laughs> I am impressed, good for you, but no, no, none of that features in here this week, unfortunately. Number one, what is the name of Stringfield's rival town? Fuck. <laughs> See, um, I'll never say something I think you know it. <laughs> Troyville. Troyville. Come on, man, living in Troy. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's why you guessed it, yeah. Um,. Shelbyville. Hey, yes. nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. Number two, how did Mod Flanders die? Hit with a t shirt, cannon gun. Nice. He got there. Fantastic. Number three, several years after her death, who did Flanders marry? Say that again. Several years after Maud's death, who did Flanders marry? I can't remember. No, Edna Krabappel. I was going to say that as well. I was uh, like, no, it didn't happen. Well, you might as well just say it rather than guessing nothing. <laughs> oh well number four how did the family lose all their Christmas savings in the first episode of the show uh Homer Bennett on the dogs no what I get why you're thinking that but no did it burn no Homer spent it on something stupid <laughs> <laughs> no I guess I'm not gonna get it uh, I can't remember uh Barrett got a tattoo so they had to pay for the laser surgery what you're oh. thinking of is they go to Greyhound at the end of the episode and he's betting on money to try and get more money. Yeah. And then that's when they find that's a little helper. Yeah. No, tattoo. Number five, what's Lovejoy's first name? Reverend. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every time you say that. <laughs> uh, Frank. Nah, Timothy. Timothy. Number six, what's the name of the... The, the the show was version of Slushies. Um, it's like the Quickie Mart. Yeah, it's. Oh, I remember that classic moment where Bert gets. They put Bert. too much syrup in it. Yeah, they have too much syrup to yeah. get some money and <laughs> to go out to go crazy Broadway style. Um, whiz pops. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Squishies. Squishies. Number seven. What singer performed for? Homer and Buzz Aldrin while they were in space. Deep Space Homer only covered it recently. Yeah. On the pod. 
Madonna. I can't remember. It was a male. I can't remember. James Taylor. Okay. Number eight. Which B Sharps member gets replaced by Barney? <laughs> Alright, the B Sharps is in here. <laughs> um those four people at the beginning of the episode, someone gets tossed out and Barney replaces them. Lenny. Oh man. I'll give you one more guess. Um Mo. Chief Wiggum. I thought he was in it the whole time. No, no, it's Apu, Homer, Principal yeah. Skinner, and Wiggum at the beginning, and then they toss Wiggum out and Barney replaces right, them, yeah. yeah. Number nine, actually sticking to Chief Wiggum, what's Chief Wiggum's first name? Francis. I can't remember. Clancy. Okay. And number ten, who. <laughs> I, I, I was being this one, to be fair. Who voices Miss Peyton? The last episode we just reviewed. Um, the teacher. Something Washington. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Kerry Washington, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. You got three. Oh, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, maybe it's a fall from grace, but maybe you I was... threw some odd ones at me, though. Maybe I was being mean, yeah, yeah. I wanna... Sometimes it bores me to do the same questions over and over again. I want to like find some new ones. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, let's wrap it up with the recommendation of the week, baby. You can go first. Oh, nice. We're not going to do Rock of the Scissors. Fine by me. It has to be. What I'm trying to do is, like, you know, something I've seen over the course of the last time we recorded. So for me, of what I've seen the last week, it has to be Neil Brennan's new stand special on Netflix called Blocks. It is sensational. People might not know who Neil Brennan is. You probably don't know who Neil Brennan is. No? Brilliant stand-up comedian, comedy writer. He, What he would be best known for is he was Dave Chappelle's writing partner. So he was writer on Chappelle's show and also their movie Half-Baked. So that'd be what he's famous for, but he's made a fantastic career for himself as a as a stand-up comedian. It's a shit film. Half-Baked, right? I haven't seen film. it. It's funny, but it has, it's a, just it has a cult so following. <laughs> it has a massive cult following. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they wrote that like in like two months. Absolutely stoned off their heads. <laughs> I must check it out. But uh, that's not your recommendation of the week anyway. Um, but he's made like a, a great career for himself uh, as a stand-up comedian, but he, he had a special on Netflix a couple of years ago, like 2018, I think, called Three Mics, where basically he breaks it up in three bits. So one bit is one-liners, one bit is like contemporary stand-up, and one bit is more emotional material. And the more emotional stuff was actually my favourite part of the special. And in Blocks, he just goes full hog on the emotional stuff. It's still really right. funny, but it's just ingrained in like, you know, deep personal stories and like very revealing anecdotes about himself and like what was like to be in his head. It's called Blocks. Basically, he, he has all of these items at the beginning of the show that represent like different parts of his life like he has one block that is just a love heart and like he thinks that love heart now means this section is about his relationships another block is like a theatre mask and this, this represents like his career in comedy so he, he divulges in all these different parts of his life and why like being his own head and like overthinking and stuff makes him not feel like he can enjoy these parts of his life as much and the way he does it firstly is super relatable it's uh, just wonderful how revealing how vulnerable he is in it my description makes it sound like it's super serious. It's also very funny, but it's just the heart and the humanity of it is what made me find it so inspiring. I, I love it. It's special. It's like just joke, 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 joke. But one like this where it's really funny but it also has this deep human aspect to it, I just found it incredibly relatable. I mean, it, it, it's last with me. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about it since I watched it. I, I, I couldn't recommend it to more. Especially I don't know if someone feels a bit alone in the world right now. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not heard so much that this is 
a show that really encapsulates on that kind of feeling. And there's one wonderful quote that is the last quote of the special, so I won't. If you really want to watch it, jump ahead like 30 seconds. But the, the quote has lasted with me so much. Is He says, um, this is who I am. Like He looks at all the blocks at the very end of the special and he goes, this is who I am. It's my personality. That has to be enough. It needs to be enough. And that quote has just stuck with me since I watched it. Mm-hmm. I could not recommend it enough. Neil Brennan blocks. He's a sensational kind of comedian who deserves... I mean, he's not, like, super obscure, but he's also not, like, up there as, like, one of the ones that everyone knows about. So, could I, both of the specials, three mics and blocks, but for this week, I'm recommending blocks to people. It is sensational. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Yeah. And yourself? Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm sure I keep your leg. Um, that was I'm... really interesting. It sounds like, <laughs> that actually sounds like something I'd like. I would know, highly recommend it, yeah. not feeling like you heard. And oh, stuff, it's beautiful. He refers to it as a tromedy. I think that's the best way to describe kind of what he's doing with this special it's funny but it's it's based deeply in tragedy you know wonderful um, wonderful show my recommendation yes. is um permanent record by oh. Ed, edward snowden oh the um, book biopic or biography autobiography oh it's autobiography. autobiography oh i didn't know that um and i think i mean not everyone knows who Edward Snowden is, obviously, but a lot of people do. I would but say most I people. I think a lot, of people, a lot of people don't know what exactly he did do. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. And if you don't know, just go on his wiki and you'll find out. Anyone who doesn't know, you know why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, buy the book at your own risk. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, you'll be monitored. <laughs> um, I got it in a shop, so... Nice. Uh, no, but, never know. Actually, it's, probably it's, 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 use your card. Uh, I actually paid with cash. Oh, actually, maybe you'll be okay then. Yeah. There's no way of tracking I, I that. I paid with a £10 note. Ah, very good, very um, good. I received one penny change, which I put in the charity jar. Oh, jeez. So, so, no traces of evidence. So there. kind, yeah, yeah. Apart nothing in this virtual podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, now they know. <laughs> but um, no, You were safe for like a week. It's, it's different because it's not like... Um, this is a, a is I think people get confused. He, you can find material of his which is just purely exposing what he found yeah in the government and the intelligence agency but mm-hmm. this book is more actually about his life oh okay. and i saw a, a quote on the reviews um and it said it read like a thriller and i was like it's so true like yeah this is an autobiography about who should have really been a very boring guy from mm-hmm. north carolina who just really liked computers and worked computers his whole life but it read so exciting. He somehow made the boring parts of his life super interesting. Wow, that's a sign of a great writer. And it's it starts from the the start of his life all the way up to where he is now. Yeah, is he still in Russia? I don't know where he is at the moment. I don't okay. think so. Well, he's obviously not in America, like no. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's Krakow or something. I'm trying to remember where he was when John Oliver interviewed him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, continue. No, and it's it's incredible because you you see the steps it took for him to become who he is today yeah and he he make he makes sure he says like i'm not a servant to the government i'm a servant to the public which is a great very beautiful you know? yeah i love that and, and he is and i admire what he did takes I a lot of balls too. yeah for, not for a, a hero a scrawny computer guy to, he's to protected that. us by finding yeah. out information you yeah, know what exactly. i mean yeah um, couldn't possibly judge that so yeah i i recommend that book if i think it's a great starting place to learn about him yeah, um, and you can move on from there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you're making me yeah. want to read it now. Sounds, record, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that he wrote it. I know. I, I thought it was a biography for some reason. Someone wrote about his life, but 
fact that it's an autobiography yeah. makes me really intrigued by it. And then you're saying that even the the more boring aspects of his life before all this extraordinary stuff happens, and even he manages to do that really interestingly. Yeah, it sounds super cool. Yeah, I've only seen you know the more kind of mainstream version of Edward Snowden, like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, oh, yeah. the John Oliver interview, the Joe Rogan interview actually, which is definitely worth the watch. That's great. Yeah, because uh, it's a really long, comprehensive podcast. Uh, he, he addresses a lot of things in that book on the podcast but I feel like you need to read the book to get the whole experience yeah. it's obviously a lot more comprehensive and stuff like that um, but yeah that's super interesting alright I think that's all she wrote as Angela Lansbury said mm-hmm. before she passed away so yeah guys thank you as always for listening and uh, if you ever want to I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say next <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to go on a date with me just DM the podcast on Instagram and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Please don't. I don't want that. Me. You can, we, you we can almost, date us we, as podcast co-hosts, but like only virtually. We almost hit an hour and 20 and minutes. And pre-recorded. I know. People might be listening to this right now and be like, this is an hour and 20 minutes. I might have edited some stuff out. <laughs> but, yeah, probably not that much. Yeah, we got very indulgent this one. Nothing wrong with an indulgent podcast because that's what, kind of what the medium's about, isn't it? I mean, Joe Rogan is like four hours sometimes. So thank you guys so always for listening and we will see you very soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.